in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to The Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the brooding Glenn Stansberry. Mm, yes. Why am I rooting? Because it's the bottom of the eighth. My Royals are tied. <laughs> with the I didn't realize that game was going on. Texas Rangers. Oh. So I'm afraid the Royals kind of. So. Whoa, 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 whoa! So, what a complaint? I, I don't know. I've just been hearing hearing murmurs of stuff. Yeah, and yet they're still winning, Brian. So okay, well. You got your KC gonna, hat just on. Gonna, just going to point to the scoreboard here. You got, you got the KC hat on. You're That's right. True fan. True blue. That's right. Since this year. A yep. true fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I've been a fan for a while. No, I know. I know. Okay. You're a hardcore fan. That's good. The That's hat good. may be new. Yeah. There's a whole thing but about... The pride you know, is still... If the hat's not, if the hat's new, you know, right. it means you're not really a true fan. Well, Lynn gave you that hat, though, right? Yeah, I'm bound to wear it yeah. by my... Well, but also present. it's an awesome present. That's yeah. A, it was a great present, so... Very cool. I uh, I just got finished mowing my lawn. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If, have you seen the movie Jurassic Park, Glenn? Uh, the new Jurassic Park? No, just the is movie. The original. Movie. Oh yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's like it's like that, except I would be mowing that with the push mower. Is what basically I just went through. Jurassic, you mean Jurassic the Park? You would be mowing, yeah, it? yeah. And then there's dinosaurs everywhere, right? It just so happens in my backyard, there's dinosaurs everywhere. So, well, and coyotes, and coyotes, and deer. There was a deer out there tonight, but uh, we're here to do a podcast. We're here. To, we're here to talk about gentlemen. Gentlemen.com, the site that we co-founded. <laughs> you look at me like I have something to say about it, right? Um, what is there to say? About gentleman.com, Glenn. It's a manly site. Yes. It's a site for manly things. Mm-hmm. It's a site for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Bliss. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe your life is... Maybe you're having a hard time in your life. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, accounts are due. Times are tough. You can always turn to gentleman.com. That's right. For just pure, unadulterated, free fun. Enjoyment. Blissful, blissful life on gentleman.com. Blissful. What are some other words you use? Uh, uh, olfactory. Olfa- um, oh yeah, get all the senses firing. Yeah, everything. There. It's just you know you, you <clears throat> got your you got your foods. You got your everything that you could want. That's good in life. It's a smorgasbord. It's a smorgasbord of of, of delight. Of delight on gentlemen. Internet delight. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if you if you uh, you know gentlemen's not all you know cotton candy and puppies, Brian. It's, no, it's there's not. also some. There's a hard edge. Intense learning. That's right. Uh, you can learn things. Right? I'm doing some projects on my house right now. I might stop by gentleman.com and find out how to do them. Click, 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 click. click. Oh, yep. that, there it is. That's there what is. I need to do. That's DIY right. project number 25. That's how I do that add-on to my house. <laughs> is visiting gentleman.com, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, and and when, you're, when your thirst for knowledge and delight and blissfulness and joyfulness has been filled, Glenn, there's another avenue you, could, you can go down. And this is like the dark alley behind gentleman.com. 
this is kind of secret. I don't, I don't want, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get too far into this, but, yeah. but basically you could stop by podcast.gentleman.com where you can hear more episodes of me and Glenn talking about a bunch of stuff that is probably boring, but, <laughs> uh, you can also hear, you can also get links to the things that we're going to talk about. Yes. Um, which are not boring, which are not boring, which are added by our community members, which are awesome. And you can get MTS ratings. You can get all kinds of stuff. Podcast.gentleman.com. You can follow along with the show there. You can listen to other episodes. I don't know why people would want to do that. But, hey, look. People, there's It takes all kinds. Tweet your zone. It takes all kinds. Mm-hmm. The internet's a big place. So, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, in fact, somebody does want to listen to the, more episodes, they can. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, with me and Glenn, I, I am pleased to announce, Glenn, that the U.S. Postal Service... I love those guys. I love the U.S. Postal Service. They they really, you know, it's a great organization. And uh, I I may have talked badly about them last week. We had a little bit of a snafu. We had a bump in the road. But it's kind of like Loggins and Messina mm. or something like that. You know, right. it's just, it's a mutual respect. That's right. And each of us have talents. And... You know, we worked it out. We worked it out. It was hard, but we worked it out. And I'm pleased to announce that I am back fully 100% in support of the U.S. Postal Service. So, that said... They did the right thing. They did the right thing. If you want to get in touch with us, you should send a letter Mm -hmm. via the U.S. Postal Service. The greatest postal service in the United States. That's right. Um, Through thick and thin, they'll be there for you. It's like that song from Friends. I'll be there for you. The Rembrandts. Yeah. What a great band. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So so anyway, the U.S. Postal Service love those guys. And you should send a letter to the, to the gentleman mailbag, P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas 66044. You can ask us a question. We yep. will answer it. You can give us a comment. We'll answer it. Um, you know why, Brian? Why? Because we're there for you, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So... Send us a letter. Send us a, pod, uh, a postcard. Send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. Send us a package. Care package. Yeah. Fruit whatever cake. you want. You Whatever you want. And uh, we will talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast. We will put your letter, your fruitcake, up on the hall slash wall we'll of eat fame. it on the it podcast. Will, yeah, we'll do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, man. Uh, <laughs> so we'll put it up on the hall slash wall of fame, which is the wall of fame. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And then good stuff will happen to you. It's like those, you know, those chain letters, man. Like, you send yes. a letter you send a letter to the Gentleman Podcast, and you'll have good luck for seven years. Man, I'm, I sent so many of those when I was a kid. Yeah. Everybody I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wanted them, I wanted good things for my friends. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing, nothing bad will befall you nope. if you send a letter to the Gentleman Podcast. Nope. Um, if you can't use the U.S. Postal Service, which I highly recommend because mm-hmm. I love the U.S. Postal Service, mm-hmm. uh, you can send an email to howdyatgentleman.com. And um, and we will we'll do the same thing. It's not going to be as cool. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. But we, we like the letters <laughs> to PO Box four four two three zero five Lawrence Kansas six six zero four four. The gentleman mailbag. Okay, right. Glenn. Let's get on with some stuff from the podcast. Let's do the drink of the week. Okay, I'm excited about this, Brian. Yeah, me too. But you should be more excited because you actually picked it up. I I, I picked it out. <laughs> I haven't tried this one. This is from our good buddies over at Free State Brewing Company here in Lawrence, Kansas. Stones Throw Away. A Stones Throw Away. Uh, their their office their their place of business is just right. We could we could go out the the back of our workplace and spit, and it would be on Free State Brewery. It, it would hit their wall, and we wouldn't do that. And the workers in their smoke break would get a little pee. Yeah, right. We wouldn't do that. 
because that would be that would be a brutal th- yeah it'd be like Anchorman right. out, you know <laughs> in the alley and do the fight um, but Free State Brewing a local Lawrence uh, brewing company love this place uh, I found I was, I was at the store today and I saw a beer that I've never had before mm-hmm. and you've had this one before I had it at the brewery okay and cool. it was well we'll, we'll find out we'll, we'll find we'll, out yep that's right because I'm not reviewing a beer on tap I'm reviewing the bottle, the bottle in front beer. of me yeah that's the so, thing most people don't understand about this reviewing system, Brian, is that it takes a lot of focus and dedication to the craft that we have right here. And you can't we can't just let thoughts and, you know, experiences cloud cloud things willy nilly here. We've been science. We we've trained ourselves much like those wine tasters in France. Yeah, Smalliers. Smalliers. Exactly. Uh, to have a refined palate for beer. Mm-hmm. And we're beer sommeliers. That's exactly right. And um, you know, we're look, I don't want to brag too much, but I, I feel good about my my ability to um, ascribe a, a rating onto a beer. We could probably rate a beer just by licking the bottle. What, what licking you, it? I could look at a bottle and say, <laughs> "What <laughs> beer ratings?" But anyway, Glenn, this so okay. So this is this is from their front porch series. I went and looked this up, and apparently, this is a new thing. They're doing a small batch kind of. Mm. Small run beers, okay, and there's this type stuff. Weird explanation by the owner of Free State Brewery, where he was talking about front porch things. Like he's he said, you know, maybe you're outside of your house, maybe you're on your porch, maybe you know you're not you're out in public, but you're not you're on your porch, and then you see something, and that's what this series of beers is all is all about. I don't know. I don't know what that means. He had this weird explanation for it. I think what it means is they want to sell us more types of beers. Okay. Is that they're, I, they're I looking think, for it. I think he may have uh, <laughs> had had some of uh, some extra hops, if you know what I'm saying, Brian. You should go to the Free State website and watch this video where he's trying to explain what a front porch series is. It's pretty pretty impressive, really. Um, but anyway, Glenn. So Okay, so this is the Dirty Konza Kolsch. And I, I was doing some research on this beer, and there's really not too much to it because th- there's not a lot of information out there about it because it's a small batch Lawrence, Kansas brew that's only available in the tri-state area. Mm. Uh, by tri-state, I mean Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska. We call them Missouri State still? Is oh, that- sorry. That's like a territory. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, you know, probably Iowa. Okay. Iowa or Iowa. maybe Oklahoma or something. Okay. One yeah. of those two. Anyway, point is... Uh, so I, I was doing some research on this. There's not a whole lot about it out there, but um, apparently I looked up, and this is the Dirty Konza is actually a really well-known thing in the cycling community. Mm. I, I don't know anything about cycling, but I don't either. Uh, apparently, there's this thing called um, is it like grinders, something like gravel grinders, okay. gravel grinders, which apparently in the mid 2000s, um, that was that was just a burgeoning trend in cycling and i don't know what a gravel grinder is but i'm sure somebody out there does uh but the point is i it's guess a race in the, across gravel roads. yeah and apparently they do this in the flint hills here in kansas uh which is a great it would be a great venue for such a race because the flint hills has one of the largest tall grass prairie national preserves mm. um around if not the one i've been there it's a really um it's a it's a great great environment um i've I've walked through the flint hills it's a beautiful place just outside of manhattan kansas 
And uh, anyway, so so anyway, th- so there's this there's, there's this race, the Dirty Kanza, and so they made this beer, a Kolsch, uh, in in uh, tribute to this this race. So I, I probably won't ever do a a gravel grinder, mm-hmm. but apparently it's grown from. 34 people when it started in the mid-2000s to 1,500 riders in 2015, mm. and it's one of the world's, or sorry, one of the nation's most renowned races of this type. Wow. So, huh. So pretty exciting stuff um, that I know nothing about. That's <laughs> good to say. I know this nothing is, about gravel grinders. This is but. probably the, 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 we take privilege in reviewing probably the only beer in the world dedicated to a bike race. Okay, Glenn. So this is this is uh, I had to do again. I had to do some research on the dark web to mm. find out the start the stats of this thing. Uh, not readily available information out there, but uh, I was able to ascertain through my various methods okay. that this is a 5.8 percent alcohol by volume. Okay. It has 15 IBUs. Okay. Um, and the price. Was on special for six ninety nine, but 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 it's normally eight forty nine. Okay, it was, set, it was on special for six ninety. How do we do that? I we got probably got to go for the normal price, right? Yeah, we assume we'll, that we'll do eight forty nine. Okay, because that's a limited time thing only. Uh, so those are the stats. Okay, so let's. Uh, I enjoy Kolsch's. They're like a cle- like a clean, refreshing yeah. type summerish beer. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Brian. Two bikes. That's good. It's real good. That's actually one of the better bottled Free State beers I've had. There's this weird thing where if you go in, into Free State and you get it off the tap, it's like way better than it is in bottles. That's probably true everywhere, but it's it's definitely true at Free State. Yeah. Maybe it's just because we have Free State beer so often. Yeah, it could be. Get used to it. This is good. This is real oh. good. Okay, so this is a cold style beer. It's a light style mm, beer. Crisp, refreshing. Yeah. It's a good springtime beer. Fragrant. Yeah. Woo. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glenn. So, what are you thinking on the? Uh, oh man! All right. So, price is nice, right? Price at where it needs nice. to be. Maybe eight forty nine is touch high. Right? Th- yeah, it's a little bit high, but like fifty cents. Yeah. Maybe the average is eight dollars. Yeah. Uh, IBUs, fantastic. Uh, for what it is, man, I think I could give this a solid eight point one. I was thinking eight point two. Actually, I would. I, I I like this. This is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's quite crisp and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glenn. Well, let me uh, let me recap this while I type it in the MTS here. This is a good beer to like sit outside with. Well, yeah. front maybe be on your front porch. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, like you just kind of forget about it. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's a good. Mm-hmm. It's there. You, you you notice it, but it's not like commanding your attention. Yeah, you have to babysit it. Yeah, I could easily just forget how many of these I've had. You know what I mean. Hey, the show is young, Brian. <laughs> okay, Glenn. So let me let me type this into the MTS computer. Um, okay, we said it was five point eight percent alcohol by volume. Mm. Uh, there are fifteen IBUs, and then we said it's it's eight forty nine is the yep. price. Mm-hmm. Um, then okay, so you said eight point one. Yes, and I said eight point two. Okay. Yes. And then, okay, so let, let's give it a second here to, to compile all the, the information and then give us the official MTS okay. rating here. Okay. okay, one second. Okay, here it comes. It's running out right now. Um, okay, uh, it's 
Oh, it's an eight point one five. Wow. So that's that's pretty good. Wow. That's pretty good. Um, you know, for the first one in the front porch series, whatever that means, uh, it's a good start. And might I add, the box on this is just bizarre. <laughs> it makes it, no it, sense. I, I don't know what this is. It's like an acid trip. You had an acid trip on your front porch. Yeah. There's like weird. a crap. No, what is that? I don't know. I don't know. There's like a shower head. It's like a warped uh, Disney animation or something. I don't know. It's like MC Escher got high and started to... Anyway. Anyway, Glenn. <sighs> okay. So that's the Dirty Kolsch. Um, dirty Kanza Kolsch. Great beer. Dirty Kolsch. Dirty, dirty Kolsch. Brian, is it time for the next segment? Yeah, let's can get we, Can we it. do this? Yeah. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting to do this section. Okay. For like the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Long time for me. Yeah, that is a long time. Um, so, going to review a few texts that have yes. been posted to the site. Mm-hmm. Amazing stuff posted this week. Yep. Obviously, we can't review it all. And obviously, some of it doesn't translate well to the audibles. If we right? if we reviewed all of the texts oh. on the podcast, <laughs> that gentleman, like, you know, it would be a, uh, I mean, I'm sure it would be a 50, 60 hour podcast. Couldn't do it. Full time um, job. It would be yeah with overtime. We wouldn't be able. I mean, we'd wake up in the morning. We'd start the podcast. Just stop roll it, over. Hit hit record. Yeah, stop it at <laughs> like nine o'clock that night, and then start all over the next day and start talking about stuff. But we can't do that. So we're we're going to talk about three this week. We sift through. We find stuff that translates well mm-hmm. to a podcast That's format. Right. And this week we have a few uh, great ones. The first one posted by our good friend Razorback. Yep. Titled Bourbon Empire, in quotes, reveals the smoke and mirrors of American whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an article by NPR. Um, and the article goes on to talk about how, you know, you have all these, like, bourbon, craft bourbon and whiskey is booming. Yeah. It's just becoming this thing. First it was craft beers, and now it's craft bourbon whiskey. Yeah. And uh, it's just blowing up. And there's a lot of, like, secrets about the industry that most people don't really understand. Right. Um, like, you know, m- there's no surprise to anybody who drinks bourbon that, or knows about bourbon, is that most of these come from, like, all these craft breweries, most of them come from, like, a handful of... Distilleries. Distilleries. Yep. You know? So they're, they're marketing themselves as these, all these different segments right. of bourbon yes but they're really just jim beam or somebody exactly and yeah. so and it's funny you bring up marketing because this is actually just like a marketing ploy like talks the article talks about how lots of these uh craft distilleries will uh, sorry craft well what do you call it? the dis- distilleries yeah okay craft distilleries yeah, yeah. uh will make up uh these you know intricate backstories right. and give you that and like the old right. timey label right anyway the npr was talking about how this is actually a, a practice from a long... Yeah. You know, it's it's like nothing co- new. Colonial times, people latched on to the movements of the, the United States and, and trying to sell bourbon through... This is a this is American... American. This is American alcohol that we're making, and you need to buy our stuff to support it. You yeah. Know? I don't know why I'm talking in an old time Southern <laughs> accent. It was the year 1843. Yeah, but it's interesting that this is something that's been going on for a long time and it just seems magnified now because it seems... Because it says, like, at the start of the article, they say, in the past 15 years, the number of distilleries in the U.S. has surged from just a handful to around 600. Right. So we're talking about... There used to be, like, seven or eight, and now there's 600 in the last 15 years. And they're all 
being made based, essentially from the same distilleries. Yeah, yeah. Like the bigger guys have different segments that they, you know, they'll have six or seven different brands, but it's all very similar stuff. Uh, it goes on to talk about some of the pitfalls that people fall into when they're looking for good bourbons, antique recipes, you know, where they have this, you know, story about the the recipe that's been around for 150 <laughs> years or whatever. It's a small batch, you know, yeah. which yeah, they're basically saying like, well, if the, the who cares how big the batch is if it's good whiskey, you know. Right. Uh, independent producer names. So a lot of brands actually take, you know, it's a Jim Beam, but they buy some other distillery and then they remarket it as it's really Jim Beam, but it's actually a small craft brewer of, of John Plank. Exactly. Pictures are names of historical figures. And this is really, this what really got me because I was reading through this and um, they talked to the guy that does Thomas Jefferson bourbon. Yeah. And they asked him why he picked the name and he's like, I didn't know how to pick a name and I wanted something that was like old timey and like every and patriotic and and yep. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson you know and it's like so it has no there's no significance or anything like that between the two like between this brewer or this distiller and the and Thomas Jefferson except the fact that he wanted a good marketing ploy right which is the point he, of all this article he could have picked like Helen Keller yeah so that would have been unfortunate so anyway I, I commented on this on this link because mm. uh, because Razorback was asking about he's 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 interested in, in bourbon and stuff like that and look I'm no bourbon sommelier okay mm. but I, I do I am I do enjoy bourbon a great deal bourbon whiskey and um, it's something that I really like that's probably if I was going to have like one alcohol that would probably be my go to is a bourbon whiskey and. My uh, my comment was basically just like that. I I like the weeded bourbons, um, stuff like Maker's Mark, right, is a good example. Uh, but then on the other hand, you have uh, Old Granddad, <laughs> which is a legend. Look, this this is what this article is about. Basically, is Old Granddad because Old Granddad is a great tasting bourbon whiskey. <laughs> Comes in a screw off top bottle. And it's fifteen bucks. Unassuming. It's very unassuming. It's it has none. Of, well, it does fall into some of these categories of like the old granddad is like the <laughs> you know the historical yeah. story or whatever. I don't know what that is, but yeah, it falls into some of these categories. But the point is, it's it's not it's not trying to use the marketing to like confuse you on the fact that it's a super high end bourbon. You <laughs> There's know? still a plastic cap. <laughs> it's a plastic cap bourbon. But it's really good. And and another one I, I mentioned is Weller's, um, which is another weeded bourbon that is lower priced. And so I, I like I like Weller's. It's a weeded bourbon and Maker's Mark on the higher end. I don't want to pay more than – I mean, I think there's been one time in my life when I was in Louisville where I paid premium amount for a Pappy Van Winkle. And it was good. It was good. Yeah. But I could also just sit there with a glass of old granddad and be – Please just punch. There you go. On my last trip to New York. Be a strong punch. I went to a bar and had a couple beers. And then I looked behind the bar and they had a bottle of old granddad. And I was like, pour me a glass of that, please. Good, sir. Yeah. And in New York, they were like, that'll be $1.50. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... <laughs> But anyway, Glenn. So that's my take on that. It's a great. It's a great article, and and you know, 
anytime something goes from a handful of distilleries to around 615 years, you know there's some shady stuff going on. Going. You bet. I loved one one little part of this article. I loved is when it's talking about you know the things to look out for and as if it, if it has an antique recipe. Mm-hmm. And he was saying he or she. I don't know actually if the gender of the person writing this, but Stacy. Okay. He okay. He or she. It could be a, a man or a woman. Yeah. Um, was saying that the antique recipes you probably actually wouldn't like because back in the day you just picked whatever you had: turnips, radishes, carrots. Made yeah. uh, you know whatever, and you made bourbon out of it, and then added a ton of spices to kind of mask the awfulness. <laughs> make it take it taste palatable. <laughs> Which when I think of <laughs> making something palatable, I don't want to throw a bunch of herbs and spices right, in it, but because that's going to make it worse. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that Pepe Van Winkle stuff's pretty popular, Brian. It is, it is. I you know I've often wondered because okay, here's what happened to me is I I went I was at a bar in Louisville mm-hmm. and. Um, I said I'm I'm new in town, <laughs> and uh, I, you know I, I don't you, I don't know but I don't know much about Louisville bourbon. You know, enlighten me. Pick pick a good bourbon and give it to me, and you know whatever. Like price is no oh price is no thing. You know, you just like, fan out a, a, a few ones. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, uh, and so he that's what he poured for me. But I don't mm-hmm. know if it's really really what the bartender would choose, or it was just a high priced bourbon that yeah. the the this tourist guy yeah. I can easily make another you ten know, bucks. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Off off selling this guy. So I don't know. I'd like to think that the bartender did the right thing, but I don't know. Mm. So you always you always hope that when it comes to bartenders. <sighs> yeah, I do. <clears throat> that's good that's good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I was at a liquor store and I was talking with a guy one a guy who worked there about bourbons and he mm-hmm. was talking about how he was he was pretty much boasting about the fact that he he had a like a bottle of peppy van winkle mm. uh stashed away somewhere in his house and how he got it was like this really scurrilous you know <laughs> method and all this stuff he, but he's pretty pretty proud of the fact i'm thinking this guy has it works you know at a liquor store probably you know alley wage of like 10 12 bucks an hour mm-hmm. should you be spending all that money on a bottle of old liquor? granddad Old granddad, just buy the granddad. That's your br- that's your top. whiskey. Yeah, you know that is your whiskey. That is everyone's whiskey, in my opinion. I would like to see a Pepsi challenge between Old Granddad and Pappy Van Winkle. <laughs> Pepsi? <laughs> no. Put Pappy Van Winkle and Old Granddad in a Pepsi challenge and see what happens. I'm trying to figure out where Pepsi comes into play here. Well, the Pepsi challenge. You remember the Pepsi challenge? I do. It was the, the the idea was like it you you set somebody down you give them a Pepsi and a Coke and you ask them which one they like better but Coke. you can't but but you have them blindfolded and they can't see which one's better you know what I mean or which one's Coke or mm. which one's Pepsi and Pepsi had this whole thing about how you know mm. when you're blindfolded and the marketing doesn't come into play Pepsi wins thirty percent of every single time they it chose works Pepsi. every time yeah <laughs> uh, okay Glenn well, well well I don't know we'll work on that the gentleman uh, Pepsi whiskey challenge the gentleman whiskey challenge ooh so I'll put old granddad against anyone and you you pick the winner sounds like a lawsuit I'm sure there's several lawsuits <laughs> involved with that so maybe we should move on to the next tab okay all right the next one that we have on our list is Posted by our good friend Trig Joe, mm-hmm. who, keeping true to the form for Trig Joe, mm-hmm. is posting about something related to a bodily function. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he kind of branches out a little bit and goes for the olfactory. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, kind of moving in a different direction. I right. Like, he's like ex- expanding his gentleman mind. Yes, he is. Um, so, this one is titled, Man, 51, Sneezes Out Childhood Toy After 40 Years. So, this, this is a BBC article. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chamberlain Man, 51, Sneezes Out Childhood Toy Dart in. Right. And really, there's not a whole lot to the story other than the fact that this guy was playing, you know... <laughs> He actually okay. So a couple weeks ago, he starts sneezing, gets in a sneezing fit, and feels this uncomfortable sensation, and he feels this thing like unfurling in his nose, and then it eventually comes out. Which and, would be a scary proposition for anyone, right? And and so he he didn't know what it was, didn't know how it got there, and and if you think about it, if if this happened to you or I. Mm-hmm. You, you sneeze something out that it's not like oh that's a that's a Brussels sprout right or oh oh yeah I put that there last week right this is like something what just came out of my head right I don't understand what's going on it's rubber yeah uh, so he called his mom that would be disconcerting you know yeah. like did, did, do I have a plate in my head or something right. that nobody told me about you right know? so he called his mom and she's like oh yeah the dart and uh, I guess they thought that he'd swallowed it and he went in for X rays and everything and they couldn't find it I'm like well. It's he, in there somewhere. <laughs> it'll it'll pass. Yeah, and it did. Uh, Forty uh, years. Forty later. years later. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I, so I it, it, was it stuck in his na- nasal cavity for forty years? That's the thing. He could smell. He could blow his nose. So he must have just like. I, I don't know where it goes to get out of the way for that long because it's like it's about the size of a penny, mm-hmm. but a three D penny. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. I I can't imagine something like playing some, playing with something as a kid and you don't you don't remember it, and then forty years later you get reminded of it in the worst way. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. Like there it is again. That dart I was playing with that one time when I was seven years old. Except uh, it comes out of your nose, dude. Have you ever lost anything up your nose? No, I have. Yeah, I didn't lose it. Yeah, I got it back really quickly. But okay, that's good. For I was pan- when you're a little kid, you know, like yeah, I have a vivid memory of being like four or five, and I had a bunch of Red Hots. Ooh, and I stuck one up my nose, and I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh wait, I can't that's get it down. Not, yeah. Oh, it went too far, and I, mean, I think I sneezed or something. Oh, oh, and oh, I just remember because it blew my little mind. Yeah. Because you yeah. know, like you sneeze, and you this thing just like yeah. I'm like wow! I, like I wasn't so concerned about the red. It's a good teaching was, moment. Yeah. If I sneeze, things fly out of my nose really quickly. Mm. Anyway, Let's wow, see. we really butchered uh, this this segment. But uh, <laughs> the point is that eventually things came out. You know, that's right. Eventually things came out. Given your nose enough time, right? It'll do the right thing, right? So those mistakes you make when you're a kid, mm-hmm. shoving stuff up your nose, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, eventually everything will, everything comes out. Everything comes to light. Everything eventually. <laughs> no matter what. That's the proverb. That's yeah, um, exactly. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, that was some interesting post from gentleman.com in the last week or so. I have a toast that I want to do, Glenn, this week. And, all right. Uh, this week I want to... There's a post that I made to gentleman.com. And this was um, a post all about James Franco. So I want to toast James Franco because... He he wrote a story, and I want to say it was in the New York Times. Maybe it was the Post, New York Post, I think. Um, and it was all about it was a, it was a really poignant post about how 
when he was when he was a struggling actor, he had been fired from two jobs, and his parents disavowed him basically financially um, because he was supposed to go to L.A. to go to to film school, but the waiting list was so long that he ended up going to some no-name college somewhere just that he could get in immediately and he had hmm. no money and his parents were like we're not gonna we're not gonna support you if you're gonna be doing this crazy acting thing <laughs> uh crap shoot exactly so they were like you're gonna have to go get a job and he had been fired twice <clears throat> for a couple of different you know minor things at his other jobs but he didn't know where to turn and one of his buddies was like well are you against you know working at fast food restaurants and he was like heck no you know i need money you know so yeah does he, he pay money <clears throat> so the the point is he really he desperately needed a job and who was there for him when he needed a job mcdonald's Ooh. and so he had a he had a nice little post about how like a lot of people give mcdonald's a, a lot of guff for stuff and you know you there's all this stuff about minimum wage workers and everything like that and he was like look I needed a job, and they gave one to me, and it's it saved my you know it allowed me to pursue my career, which which he is luckily been a very successful actor. He has, yeah. Huh. I don't know if you've heard of James Franco before, uh, um, but but well. he was able to do that until he got started, and I love the fact that he goes in this article. He talks about what it was like to work at a McDonald's, and. Uh, how irritated he gets by people that pay $5 for a burger and then get really upset or boss people around that work at McDonald's because they feel entitled because Mm -hmm. they're buying a $5 burger from them. Um, You know, and and that's something that I've always been pretty upset by is, is seeing somebody that's working at a minimum wage job being held to the standards of somebody that's at a high class restaurant or something right. like that, like uh, garçon, yeah, garçon. exactly. You got to understand where you're at, and I, I understand. You know, when you're paying for something, you you deserve a certain level of whatever, but you also got to understand that you know if you're paying six dollars for a Big Mac, like there there's a different kind of code of conduct that goes along there. So he he had a couple interesting stories just about people being indignant and bossing people around and how crazy it is that you just because you're buying a burger from mcdonald's you think you can go into the store and and be rude and mean to people that work there i thought it was really cool it's really cool for him to come out and and say that about how he you know mcdonald's helped him out when no one else could have and and you know it makes a great point that people often forget the thing I love most about this, Brian, is that he is taking a very... He, he's not taking the popular view here. Right. You know, right. so often people, celebrities, actors, whatever, mm-hmm. they get their pulpit and they say, right. you know, I'm going with this and it's mm-hmm. popular. It's going to make me look great. And he's like, whoa, McDonald's, it's, it's awesome. Right. You know, look, I know everyone else hates it, but it was right. great. Right. You know? Yeah. And... Well, it's cool, too, because he's, he, you know, it's it's certainly uncool for an actor, a really famous actor, to come out and say, hey, I worked at McDonald's. Yeah. That's that's not an easy thing for a famous actor to come out and make a big, like, write a story about, you know? Man, so, I, I wear the, I work fast food. I wear the, the I magic too. pride. I think you learn some incredible skills. I, I worked at Little Caesars. That was mine. I know you worked at Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. yeah. I worked at Little Caesars. It was a humbling experience. Yep. And I definitely felt the wrath of people that thought that they were, because they were paying for me to deliver their pizza, 
they felt extremely entitled. Now, I will say that that was the vast minority of people. Right. Most people were super cool, like really nice and, you know, everything. But there was just a few people that were really jerks about it. Real a-holes. Yeah. Big time, man. It's amazing. Like, yep. I, I, you know, I, I have a few stories just about, like, how how crazy that the fact i mean i was delivering a ten dollar pizza to somebody and i was driving to their house to deliver it and they were still jerks about certain things i mean it's just it's unbelievable to me you know so anyway i i just want to say i thought it was really cool it's a great story i'll link over to it at podcast.gentleman.com uh but james franco has a really poignant like very it's a very short just kind of this is what my i I had a great experience working for McDonald's, and this is what it was like, and I really appreciated that because he didn't have to come out and say you know, any of this stuff. It was just something that was on his mind, and he came out and, and talked about it, and I think that's really cool for a celebrity to do. James Franklin's an interesting dude anyway. Like yeah. he, uh, <clears throat> I think he went back to school. After he, I think after the, the Spider-Man's oh, yeah. started taking off. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was his... I don't know. I'm not yeah. real big on. Uh, I don't know the background of James Franco entirely, but I know right. that was probably a big breakthrough for him. Was the James or was the the Spider Man movies? Mm-hmm. And I know he went back to school because I remember there being this video posted of him like sleeping in class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know that's kind of cool when yeah. you know when 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 athletes or um, yeah. whatever they actually finish what they started. You right. Know, like he he. He wanted to go to film school, mm-hmm. and he got it done. You yeah, know, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think he was actually like a, a lecturer now or something. I don't know. Like, a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was pretty interesting. Uh, he said that he, I think it was the UCLA film school. He mm-hmm. went to go. He was like following his dream, and he went out to UCLA to go to their film school. And there was like a two-year waiting list. And he was like, "I'm gonna go to another film school." Yeah, and you know because it'll be fun. Yeah, <laughs> and it turned out great for him. And yeah. I mean, it, part of the story that's a little bit weird is that you know he worked at McDonald's for I want to say like three months. And then he like got some commercial, and then he was able to become a full time actor. That's a very, I mean, that does not happen to most no. people. You know, yeah. most people work at McDonald's for like seven years while they attempt to become an actor. So he was very fortunate in that. But he seemed to have a really good perspective on it, and it was a really good story. And kind of, you know, it brings a little bit of understanding to the whole situation and the fact that you know what McDonald's, yeah, it's a big corporation or whatever, but they actually in his life and a lot of other people's lives when they need a job, they're there that's a great local place in every town that somebody can go and get a job, you know? Mm-hmm. And so something that doesn't get talked about a lot. At the end of the day, people need jobs. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. In any case, yeah. So, James Franco a, t- a toast to James. A, a toast to James. A toast to Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy Franco. Just don't do Spider-Man anymore. Yeah, I don't think you can. I think they moved on. Okay, well, that's probably the best. Uh, speaking of moving on, Glenn. Mm. Hot <laughs> to topic. Uh, this week, Glenn, we found out that American Idol, sadly, after 15 years, mm. is next, next season is going to be the last season. Wow. So no no more American Idol ever again. Or until they remake it. Remake it. Yeah. Maybe in a few years. Maybe some sequels. Yeah. Some prequels. I don't know, Glenn. So how do you feel about this? No more American Idol. This is this has been like a touchstone of American society for the last fifteen years. Everybody's talking about it, everybody all the artists, everything, every all the careers it started, all those things. Mm -hmm. 
So let me say this, Brian. I remember being a freshman in college in this show called American Idol in their first season. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking it was the dumbest thing in the entire world. Yeah. And all these girls on my, my dorm floor, we had a mixed mixed floor. It was the best. <laughs> they were the best. They were athletes, too. Mm. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, that's going to get me in trouble. So, anyway. So, uh, right. These girls, they thought it was the best show in the entire world. Uh-huh. Like, and I watched like one or two episodes like, nah, this is still stupid. Yeah. So, anyway. Met my future wife. Uh, would hang out at her house occasionally with her parents. Mm-hmm. And they all loved the show. And they watched yeah. it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I actually got kind of like... it. Take, it's an investment to watch the entire season of yeah. the show. But yeah. towards the end when the really talented people start mm-hmm. getting involved, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And so I actually kind of like the show. Yeah. I actually kind of appreciate uh, the, the roundabout way they go about making stars essentially you're finding really talented people right having them compete in the best ones in theory right. win right and it's kind of cool how they how that all worked out i mean they and but the other thing is that the, what it's done to pop culture i mean look at all these okay look at all the other shows that are like this yeah a billion have sprung up you have right. the voice you have i don't know america's got talent yeah. i think britain's got talent was yeah maybe before that but yeah all these shows that are in that same vein mm-hmm They've produced a ton of, you know, artists that have become super big. Yeah. It's a big deal. I mean, yeah. I know on the surface people are like, finally, you know, this thing's ending. Right. But it's kind of, I don't know, I always have a soft spot in my heart. Mm-hmm. Probably because more had to do with dating my future wife right. and that time spent there. But yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little teary-eyed. It's a warm and fuzzy. It is know? a warm and fuzzy. About, uh, yeah, it's a, it was, yeah I, I, I never, ever really got into... American Idol at all mm-hmm. you know like I'd never I don't think I I I might have watched like one episode or something like that but I never got into it because I don't know if it was because I just I, I just didn't want to despised it well <laughs> you know it, it's so manipulative yeah when you watch the show it's uh, it's it's like they have the guy that they embarrass the heck out of. Yes. Because he yes. sucks. Right. And he's there to audition. Right. And it's like public shaming. Right. And then, oh, but there's the one person that, you know, you don't know until they say, like, right. are they going to, like, be, uh, you know, I don't know. And you're really pulling for them because yeah. they're just, well, oh, they're just so talented and they're right from mid-America or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I don't know. I, I just saw... Enough of it that I was like, okay, this is not yeah. a good thing, you know. So I've never really liked it. But what I will say that I like is uh, Simon Cowell. Yeah, you would like Simon. Yeah. Well, I, you know, this guy is this guy is one of a kind. I don't know what else this guy does. I know he started Pop Idol, which was like the originator, like where American Idol came from, mm-hmm. but. He's like a record mogul and all this stuff makes one of the most... I mean, this American Idol, granted it's ending now, but it was like a super, super huge moneymaker for the network. And he's an incredible egomaniac. He's an incredible jerk. Um, but he's out there like he, he you know, his, his personality is what made it, made that show go. So anyway, but it's no surprise. Like the 
you know, Simon Cowell's not on the show anymore. Basically, no one that was originally on the show anymore yeah. is still there. It's been 15 years. I mean, that's a long run for any show. Right. Uh, so, you know, I guess it's time to, to hang it up. There's that whole urban legend about... I don't know if it's real or not. I think it, I think it, there's, I think it is real, but I, I would like to believe it's real. But Simon Cowell, I don't know if he started... I'd probably fact-check this, but I'm not going to just... Because that's not what we do here on the podcast. That's right. We we we, uh, we basically just fly by the seat of the pants. That's right. That's what we do. But I want to say that Simon Cowell he started Britain's Got Talent, maybe Pop Idol. Pop Idol. Okay. Mm-hmm. And oh, and Britain's Got Talent. Okay. Um, I don't know if he started it, but he's part of it anyway. So uh, uh, an executive at one of the uh, Fox or whatever in the states, uh, they were pitched this show mm-hmm. to make an American version of it. Yep. And he was like, no way. And his daughter had been watching. This is true. You're, you're right. This Britain's is true. Got Talent, and mm-hmm. she was like, "No, no, 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 Dad, you got to do it. Trust mm-hmm. me, this is awesome. Yeah. People are gonna love this." And he's like, "Well, all right." And they do it, and yada yada. Fifteen years later, and basically changing culture. It's one of those things that seems like a no brainer right now. Yeah, I mean, it's this. This. I mean, everybody. You know, who wouldn't want to watch people get humiliated? Mm-hmm. Uh, talented underdogs. Yep, win the day, and then be involved with the voting for exactly. who wins the thing. I mean, it seems like a three pronged thing that everyone will. I mean, celebrities involved, right. the whole thing. It seems like it's, a no brainer. It's a perfect. It, it's brilliant the way yeah, it's set up. Exactly. So it, it, you know, yeah. And every show since then has followed that formula exactly. to some extent. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Simon Cowell was a great like villain mm-hmm. because he was always the judge that would be like that. Was awful. Yeah, exactly. He is why. And it actually, yeah. he was right. You know, right. like most of the times. Yeah. Now, I will say this, Brian. If you can fault the guy, if you count this as a fault, yeah. he, how do I put this? If if the person that was singing right. happened to be female, right. happened to be attractive, maybe wearing something that you would see at the pool. Right. Um, his criticisms. He hated it. No, oh. well, no. He he was a little lighter on the criticisms. Oh. It typically was a little bit more <clears throat> endeared oh. to that mm. particular artist. Yes. Well, you know, uh, someone's looks are a part of their success as a pop star. So he was probably just being objective, and and it's true. You know. It's true. He knows it works. That's right. I, I remember. Okay, so when I was in Australia, they had Australian Idol. Mm. And uh, they had an analog for Simon Cowell. Okay. And his name was Dicko. <laughs> and Dicko <laughs> was a jerk. Was a Dicko? He was a Dicko. He was a jerk. <laughs> and he, he was the, the Simon Cowell of the... the so he was, was that his actual name? Dicko, yeah. Like and his he, first name? No, his, la- his last name was, you know... DeConaughey? Something like that. And okay. So... The, the, but the point is, like, the uh, I mean, in all these countries, America, after the pop idol thing, mm-hmm. America, um, you know, they had Simon Cowell, Australia, all the other countries they did, they followed the formula, which was, like, two very nice and respectable pop people from that country, yeah. and then the jerk. Right. You know, they had to have the foil. You gotta have the villain. You have to have the Yeah, exactly. And so, Dicko was the Simon Cowell of the Australian version. And so he was constantly like, 
on like, people's cases and all this stuff because you have to, rubbish, mate. Yeah, you have to have the jerk, you know. So anyway, hey, everybody hated Dicko. He, everybody hated him. The, you, know. you gotta have the guy you love to hate. Exactly. It's so, beautiful. It's, the whole thing. It's all a big marketing. <laughs> Simon Cowell's probably like the nicest guy you'll ever meet in your life, or something. Yeah, I, who maybe knows? not. But I'm just saying, like that was that was a brilliant. You know, marketing whole the whole thing from top to bottom was a brilliant marketing thing. Clearly, because it lasted fifteen years. Man, that was a gravy train. Yeah, it was I, gravy I, train with biscuit wheels. I feel like I, I imagine ratings have been down maybe a couple seasons. And they oh, don't yeah. have the original people. None of the people are there. Still. All the spinoffs, yeah. all the different types of like. <laughs> there's so you can think you can dance. There's you know yeah X Factor. I don't there's know. There's all this stuff. Tons of them. The market share is yeah. just kind of like segmented now. Right. So from a business perspective, it makes sense to move on. Mm-hmm. But I will always hold you'll a always place love. in my heart. You'll always, I will always love you, American <laughs> Idol. That's right. It's like a guilty pleasure, too, because yeah. I'm not going to you know go on the street corner and just be like, I love Simon Cowell. Right. right. American Idol's leaving. Yeah. So, But I, no, I, I understand. It's a good show. It's a you know you you connect the memories you have with the people that right. you watch the shows with. That, right. You know. Yeah, I can see that, man. Nostalgia is a big part of how, how I weigh what I like. Yeah. Exactly. Better for worse. Mm-hmm. So okay. Well, that's stupid, Glenn. Um, okay, so uh, let's move on to the questions from the gentleman mailbag from this week, Glenn. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'm excited this, about these. Yeah, this is this is a good one. Um, so, I you know I was doing some browsing around on the internet. Yes, and uh, I saw this article and it was like talking about how more people should do more stuff alone. Basically, the idea of you know there's all this taboo about can people go out to movies by themselves? Can people go out to restaurants by themselves? Can what's appropriate to do by yourself socially? Mm. Uh, can you go to a bar by yourself? Can you, you know, all these things. And so the question is like, yeah, what, what activities, what social activities are you cool with going solo, mm-hmm. going by yourself and mm-hmm. just loving it? That is, that is tricky. This mm-hmm. is tricky business because on one hand, some people don't have the option of not doing stuff alone. Mm-hmm. So taking that into consideration, I don't like doing much alone there's only a handful of things like going to the movies no way i would never go to movies by myself wow okay i can't i don't know i just don't i don't know i think part of the movie for me itself is enjoying that with another person yeah okay you know will i drink alone yes um jeez but not the hard stuff dinner by yourself what do you mean like going out to a restaurant by myself would you go to yeah, yeah, fancy. Would you like a tux? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Cafe Beautiful yeah. by yourself. By yourself. Ooh, this is this is lovely. Mm. Um, well, it'd be cheaper. Uh, Reservations for that. two? No one. <laughs> two, and by two, I mean, can you put someone with me? Uh, yeah. So okay. So you say no movie? I probably wouldn't go. I mean, maybe I I would do no like movie. Chipotle by but, myself. If you're going out to dinner, you you Chipotle. Uh, what about uh, what about restaurant? You say? Oh, you say restaurant? Nah. What? Okay. So what about um, like a bar? No way. Bar? No mm-hmm. way. Mm-mm. No bar. Mm-mm. Bar. Okay. That's only trouble. 
Anyway. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of other things that I would do. I don't know. What about you? So, I, I would do all those things by myself. Wow, really? And I'd be you're, loving it. You're a braver man than me. I'd love it. I'd love every minute of it. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, so, I, I would say that with a caveat. Okay, I would go out to dinner at a place that has a bar. Okay. Okay? Sit at the bar. Sit at the bar. Well, that's your thing, right? That's, every Sunday night? Yeah. Every Sunday night I go to Henry T's, mostly by myself. And I go and sit at the bar, and I I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that thing. The place has got to have a bar. If okay. you go, I mean, I'll make some exceptions. You're not gonna go to Olive Garden. I'll go to Free State. Oh yeah. And ask for a table for one. They have a bar. They have a bar, but it's always full. Yeah. So anyway, I'll 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 straight up go to Free State and ask for a table for one. And I have no shame in that. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely nothing wrong with me going to Free State. Some of some of my best like memories of stuff has been coming up to Lawrence by myself, hmm. going to Free State, having a beer, and then going and doing whatever. Yeah. You know? So, or go, grabbing lunch and then having a beer with lunch and then you know whatever. Movies, I'll go to a movie by myself. Sure, I do all the time. Delivery nice. Hall. Absolutely. Oh yeah, that would be a fun one to do. By yeah, because it's not like a huge. It's not like the Megaplex. It's it's like the it's like the local like artsy film thing, you know. Yeah, and I, you know, I just I love Liberty Hall. I love going to the movies there. All the stuff they have there. I've gone there by myself probably a hundred times. Wow, and I, it's great. I I have no. I've never even thought about it being an odd thing at all. Um, Hmm. Bars, absolutely. I'll go to a bar by myself. I have no problem with it. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, that bother me one bit, you know? Um, it's probably, it gets me into more trouble than I was gonna probably say. should. Yeah, it, it's a bad, it's a bad thing because, like, the, fa- the fact of the matter is, in Lawrence, Kansas, I know enough people that if I go to a bar that is, you know, I go to a lot. One of the main bars, yeah. I'm probably going to bump into somebody that I know. Right. So, or if not, you know, I know the bartender that works there or whatever, right. and I can sit at the bar and talk to him or whatever. Right. So, in a bigger city, that probably doesn't make as much sense. But right. in Lawrence, Kansas, like, there's only five or six bars that I go to on a, you know, like, somewhat regular basis. Five or six, that's a lot. There's only, like, one or two bars that you I go to. You would go to on a regular basis. Th- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, I would probably know somebody that's going to be there. I would probably know a bartender there. I would be, yeah. you know not that big of a deal so. I don't think there's anything weird with it I don't think there's anything out of place I just couldn't I don't know yeah I just I'm just not I don't know I'd rather be at home yeah no I get that I get that I I, I like doing stuff by myself mm-hmm. you know sometimes mm-hmm. not all the time mm-hmm. a lot of times I like having company and stuff like that but sometimes I like the idea of going to a movie and just doing it by myself mm-hmm. or going to free state or yeah. going to the Frank Star Star and doing it by myself. You know, there's just something about it that that I appreciate. And uh, I don't know. And studies back me up, Lynn. Science says that this is the case, that it's good for people and and the right thing to do. The for right them. thing to do. The, empirically the right thing to do, to go and do these things by themselves. Hmm. Because it adds to your life's enjoyment. I could see that. So. I could see that. I just don't have the option most times of doing things right by myself. Right, 
I would I would long like I had a week you know a couple couple months ago now where I was basically by myself mm, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do with myself yeah yeah because I'm so used to kids running around and right yeah wife mm-hmm. you know just ah everything. family all the time yeah exactly yeah. and then they're gone and it's like man this sucks yeah because you're so used to it right but yeah you know that's more of like I miss my kids more right. than my wife more than yeah I want to do stuff alone I, I right. don't mind doing stuff alone but yeah this is something we have the option yeah that would be a luxury, Brian. That would be a luxury. Anyway. But yeah, I, you, like having the kids waking you up mm. all, all hours of the night, interrupting your sleep patterns. Sleep pattern? Yeah. <laughs> My sleep pattern's like a Jackson Pollock painting. <laughs> there's like no lines. There's no... <laughs> there's, there's no... Yeah. There's no... Congruency. Yeah. It's, just, it's all mush. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the thing is like I can go and and go to the movie by myself, go get dinner by myself, and then I can come home and sleep in a straight line and start to wake up the next morning and do the next thing. It is taking every ounce of me to not take this beer bottle and smash it on this table and yeah. go at you with it. It's a different it's a different world for jealousy. Different worlds. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I I, I think I think going out and doing stuff by yourself. Look, okay, here's the thing. What it comes down to, I really don't care what anybody thinks there you go that's the important part about if i'm at a movie by myself i don't care i know people that are so concerned about what other people think that they won't go to a movie by themselves because they're afraid Mm. they won't go to a bar by themselves because they're afraid they won't go out to dinner by themselves because they're afraid of what people people think you know he'll be all not cool enough yeah exactly i I care so little about what other people think about me. Like, I, it doesn't even it doesn't even like enter my mind when I'm going to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's weird to me that you know I'm not saying that's a great thing or whatever. But like, it's weird to me that there are people out there that are so concerned with what people think about them that they won't go watch a movie if they want to go watch a movie. They won't go grab a drink if they want to grab a drink. They won't go out to dinner if they want to go to dinner. You know. They're afraid of of what some random stranger might think about them, or maybe they'll bump into somebody and see them. God forbid, eating dinner alone. You know, yeah. What a terrible thing. You know. Anyway, I don't know. I think the saddest thing to see, Brian, is when people go. Like for example, they go to a restaurant and they eat dinner by themselves, and the whole time they're just on their phone looking at stuff. Yeah, that is. That to me is the saddest thing. Here's the saddest thing. Okay. okay. This this is more sad than that. Okay. When you go out to dinner and you see the couple mm. that is out to dinner with each other, but they're both alone. On their they're, phones. They're both alone on their phones or not talking. I mean, they're just, they're eating and not talking to each other. They're, they're sharing a table. Exactly. And I mean, that... That to me is like a thousand times worse than going going solo, man. It's like the setting of the the, the if you like pina coladas. Yeah. yeah, exactly, man. They need to take out a personal ad. All right, find yep. each other, find each other, and then Not have a laugh about it. Have yeah. a laugh about it. It's Meet hilarious. It's hilarious. We both took out personal ads. Yeah. To, cheat on each other it's, you know it's kind of funny yeah, but we both did it yeah so. exactly hilarious so, anyway, yeah yeah okay Glenn well that's 
All right. Well, that's that, that's neither here nor there, I guess. That's a that's a it's a it's a complicated question. There's not one true answer to it. Mm. Much it's like a, it's a complicated question. Oh yeah, this is my problem. This is the real hot button topic, Brian. People that have answers to really complex problems mm-hmm. that are very very simple. Yeah. All you got to do is X Y Z. Yeah. And, and then that works really, for people. Yeah. You know, poverty's gone. Right. Uh, you know, world hunger pff, gone. Furniture stores <laughs> still here. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Okay, speaking of no problem, Glenn, time for the end of the episode. Oof. Uh, what episode number is 59. this? 59. Sweet Moses. Yeah. Are we on... Uh, we're going to be hitting retirement pretty soon here. We're on a trajectory that is, I mean, outer-worldly. So, hmm. you know. Would now be a good time to thank people who have actually listened this long? I think so. No one's listening. No okay. one's still listening. In the off chat, if you can hear us. If you... <laughs> Yeah, if you're out there, if you were out there, uh, we want to thank you. Yeah, this is for putting up with this for 59 episodes. That's a long time. Seriously, this is one of my favorite parts of the week, and the fact that other people actually, I'm hoping enjoy this, and I'm hoping that they get something out of it each week too, mm-hmm. makes me feel pretty good about myself as a person. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe that's selfish. I don't know. We don't do this for you. I do this for me. Okay. No. <laughs> Right. We <laughs> no. We try. We we <laughs> we don't do this for us. We hope <clears throat> this is. And this sounds really crappy to say. Is like we hope people out there enjoy it. And I think maybe some people do. A very small, <laughs> a very tiny contingent yep. of people. But we hope that somebody out there enjoys it, and that's why we do it. So that's true. That's that's a better way to put it, Brian. Yeah. So either way, I feel good about it. Nobody likes it. I still have a good time. That's right. A couple beers. This is basically just like putting a microphone up and then us talking <laughs> to each other for an hour and a half. Honestly, there is literally like no difference between now and what we do every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is seriously like what we. Yeah, we I could, mean, uh, yeah, yeah. This is how we spend our days, basically. Could be worse. Yeah. Well, anyway, maybe we should. Okay, here's the thing. Maybe we instead of doing the podcast. We just put mics on each other and then just walk around and, and talk Ooh, about stuff. Yeah. Or we could have video cameras like Twitch, right? Yeah. Oh, Instead of playing GoPros. games. GoPros. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then we just, we hey, just walk right. around. GoPros. Yeah, exactly. What right. do you think about this? And then we just we just talk <laughs> every day. <laughs> then we don't need to we don't need to even like record a separate podcast episode. We just do our daily lives. That'd be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or worse. One of the two. I don't Probably know. worse. Probably worse. Nobody would watch so that. So maybe we should. I don't know. We'll stick okay. to this. Okay. We'll stick to this for now. For the foreseeable future. And speaking of the foreseeable future, that was episode 59. I'm looking forward to episode 60. Episode 60. A six and a zero. Next week. Mm-hmm. Um, really looking forward to it. I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you're still listening. <laughs> Good night.